Welcome, everybody, to the 10th episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the YouTube channel Easy Hockey Reviews. Uh, today, we have a doubleheader uh, for games of the night. We'll be breaking down Blues and Avalanche, as well as the Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. Um... Just to uh, come out of the woodwork here, uh, diving in here, um, some news. Uh, Boston Bruins have placed forward David Backus on waivers uh, for purpose of assignment to the Providence Bruins. Uh, and also Tampa Bay Lightning have placed defenseman Luke Shen on waivers. Um, looks to be also for purpose of uh, assignment uh, to the AHL, which believe they're Affiliate is the Syracuse Crunch, I believe. Um, just going down the line here. Um, Florida Panthers goaltender uh, Chris uh, Dredger will be missing several weeks with a lower body injury um, that he has sustained, uh, well, sustained recently. Um, and hopefully he uh, makes a grand return for the Panthers. Um, Patrick Kane has uh, become the first player to have his jersey retired by the London Knights after playing just one season with the Knights, which that season was the 2006-2007 season. Um, and on that season, he had a 145 uh, points that season, so that's uh, pretty remarkable, even if it's in uh, the juniors. It's still remarkable. And speaking of the Blackhawks, uh, the NHL has named the Chicago Blackhawks the franchise of the decade uh, for the 2010s. Surprise, surprise, as, as they have won uh, the 2010 Cup, 2013 Cup, and the 2015 Cup. I um, uh, can't deny that they are definitely the franchise of the decade. And also, surprise, surprise, uh, the NHL has also named Joe Quenville the coach of the decade. Um, which kind of goes hand-in-hand with the Chicago Blackhawks being a franchise of the decade. Uh, and it's well-deserved, even though I absolutely hate the Blackhawks with all my heart. I uh, got to give props where props is due. Um, and speaking of a team that's, uh, that was up there for franchise of the decade, LA Kings. Uh, they have officially unveiled their Stadium Series jerseys. And even though they do look pretty bad, and it could have been a lot better, uh, they're nowhere near as bad as the Avalanche ones. Because um, the Avalanche um, ones just, oof. Like, I know, I'm pretty sure I've already talked about it on the on the pod. Uh, about how bad they are. But God, they are. Oh, God. Uh, which makes LA Kings ones look freaking brilliant. That's, that's as far as I'll go to say about that. Um, but, uh, yeah. And the stadium series happens on the 15th of February, question mark. Um, but it's in um, Colorado at the Air Force Academy, which um, happened if I wasn't relocating and all that, I'd probably have uh, tried to go to that. But um, since I'm relocating, obviously I don't have the money to go do that, so uh, I won't be doing that. However, I will try to, to cover it. As um, the best of my ability, as I look to verify what day 
that's on. It's the yeah, it is indeed the fifteenth. Yes, yeah, the fifteenth of February is when it is. So uh woot. Um another news. Uh before we get into more NHL news. Uh, I can go ahead and close all these. Um channel news. Uh the channel has been around since May thirteenth, um, of twenty nineteen. So we're come May of this year will be one year uh, on YouTube. Um, and once again, as I've said many times before, and I'll continue to say it again, I'm appreciative for everyone who has listened to the podcast, listened to all, and watched all the YouTube videos that I've made over the past couple months here um and i take even though a lot of the milestones that i've gotten to is nowhere near other channels but you know i'll take anything that's higher than anything i've ever done as a win no matter how mundane it might be it might be no matter how you know you know not as high as it could be is it is what it is i am appreciative for anything and everything that has happened to this channel and for everyone that has watched and listened over the past couple months uh and the highest viewed video i believe was the uh justin falk video which had like 300 plus views whatever um i can firmly say number one that the channel has past the 3600 uh view mark so um that's momentous for me i'm i'm happy that that happened and it's also quite interesting to see that a good thousand plus of that is off of one video as of today um the my all-star game roster video has reached over 1000 views and i'm uh Super happy that we've gotten over the 1,000 views on one of the videos, and hopefully, uh, we'll find some sustainability in that department. Because I know there'll be some like it'll go kind of like a like a roller coaster where I'll, I'll build up, build up, build up, and then I'll crash down and build up, build up, build up, crash down. I'd like to have some like you know even you know things cross the board, but hey, a win's a win, uh, and I'm appreciative. Of uh, everyone that was viewed so far. Um, back on the news front, though, uh, Carolina Hurricanes defenseman Doogie Hamilton is out indefinitely with a broken fibula, and it will require surgery. Um, hopefully, he has a uh, speedy recovery and comes back next season, because uh, it's it's most certainly that he's not going to return this season, uh, even if the the Hurricanes make a deep run. I don't foresee him coming back this season. And uh, Jacob Slavin will be replacing them at the All-Star Game uh, on the on next Saturday, a week from today, at least a, a week of this recording, at least. Uh, New York Rangers defenseman Ryan Lindgren has been fined $2,486.56, the maximum of allowable under the uh, collective bargaining agreement. For an interference against the New York Islanders is uh, uh, Jordan Eberle um, in their recent game against each other. 
Um, didn't look too good. Um, and that's why they have him fined. And uh, hopefully, Eberle uh, is okay. Um, and speaking of fines, National Predators forward Victor Arvidsson has been five, fined $2,000 as supplementary uh, discipline under NHL rule of 64, which goes under goes over diving slash embellishment. Uh, the first time that he's committed this this season was against the Pittsburgh Penguins on December 27th, and the second being um, against the Boston Bruins on January 7th. And for those that have watched one, I can't remember which one, if it was the first or the second one. I want to say it's the first one, but don't quote me on that, uh, of my uh, how to pronounce uh, NHL personalities na uh, names videos. I put um, Victor Arvidsson in there, called him the Swedish diver. And uh, it's good to show the Nashville, uh, that the uh, NHL has agreed that he is a diver. Um, and basically, he will have that title now that uh, he has been fined for, you know, diving. Um, so, yeah. Woot woot. Um, and to continue on the talk about the Battle of Alberta, um, the design for the Calgary Flames' fan billboard has been released, uh, which has uh, Matthew Kachuk's head uh, for all the world to see. And uh, calling it the Friendship Tour uh, coming January 29th, which is when the uh, Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames will meet up again um, after the All-Star break, uh, just shortly after the All-Star break, uh, which will also be the first game that Zach Cassian is back in the lineup after be uh, serving his two-game suspension at that time. Uh, and that billboard was uh, made with... Um, money raised by the Calgary Flames fans. However, um, a radio station out of Calgary, CJ92, and Bell Media have stepped up uh, to take over the amount of money that would have cost to have those billboards made, and all the money that the Calgary fans have raised will now go to charities uh, helping uh, ALS. So uh, that's good to see that the uh, fan-raised money goes into the right places. Uh, especially after uh, Edmonton uh, fans have made donations to charities. And in other news, Alex Ovechkin uh, is officially in the top 10 in most goals scored, uh, passing Mario Lemieux, uh, who had 690 goals as uh, Alex Ovechkin at the end of the game today against the Islanders. Well, now has 692 goals. Uh, he currently is tied with uh, Steve Yeiserman, uh, who is ninth place uh, in the all-time uh, scoring list. Uh, and the next mark for uh, Ovechkin is uh, to pass or tie is eighth place, uh, held by Mark Messier with 694 goals. Uh, Ovechkin currently has 34 goals in the season, and if he was to hit 50, just fi around 50 goals this year, he would finish the season at 8th place, and he'd only be two away from tying 7th um, place, which is held by Mike Gartner, uh, who has 708 goals. Well, no, actually, no, it'd be he would be, hold 8th solely um, as who would finish with 707 goals if he just finished with 50. But the rate that he's going right now, because he this entire week he scored eight goals, the 
for this week. He only he scored eight goals this week. So the rate that he's going, who who who's to say uh, where uh, Ovechkin finishes out? He's at least going to finish with fifty because they've got about thirty plus games left in the season still to play, and as long as Ovechkin could just at the very least keeps at least consistently like half of what he's been doing lately he'll get 50 easy so who knows he might even finish the season uh regular season with seventh uh holding seventh place um and there's no doubt in my mind there's no doubt in my mind that Alex Ovechkin will at the very least finish his career second overall in goal scored there's no doubt in my mind that that's what will happen and honestly, when everyone uh, might say, oh, Ovi's not going to pass Gretzky, uh, who has 894, um, or at the very least, he ain't going to tie him, I'll go, I'll go one to say on record here. You, you're, you're here to hear first here, guys. Um, even though other people have said that they are basically agreeing with what I'm going to say. Um, I will say that Alex Ovechkin will pass Wayne Gretzky. Now, I don't know if it's going to be as little as only passing him by one goal with 895, or if he goes for a crisp 900, or however many. But the fact that, number one, he's scoring at the rate and the level that he has scored in this era of the NHL versus the era of the NHL where Wayne Gretzky was is, you know, a compliment to how skilled Alex Ovechkin is. And there's no denying that even if he was to stop scoring today, he would be the greatest goal scorer. The greatest goal scorer of the modern era. No doubt in my mind. And anyone else would agree. If they were a fan of the game. They would agree. That Alex Ovechkin. Especially right now. Is the greatest goal scorer. Of the modern era. And he has a very good chance. Of beating. Wayne Gretzky's record. And honestly there's some people that want to keep. You know with the legend of Wayne Gretzky. And hope that he keeps that record. I honestly want to see Ovechkin break it. Because number one. I would love. Well, mainly number one. I would love to say hey. I was alive when the great one's record. For goals scored. Was broken. Because. I wasn't alive when Wayne Gretzky. Actually no technically I was alive when Wayne Gretzky set the record. But. Um, or at least finished off the record because uh, I was born in 95, which is when uh, his tenure with the Blues for like the 20-plus games that he was a Blue uh, happened. So uh, that's something for you. But um, yeah, I'd love to see Ovi break the record. And then also, and if there's any naysayers after that, well, they're just being trolls because Ovi... Deserves everything that he has uh, earned in the NHL. He hasn't been handed anything. He's earned everything. And it's, and it's, and I'm happy to know that he also has a uh, Stanley Cup under his belt too. So, uh, so yeah. And without 
And just to end that uh, on the news section there, we'll get into the Blues game. So without further ado, uh, diving in to the Blues versus Avalanche game. All right, everybody. So diving in to Blues versus Avalanche. Um, as it's the first of the doubleheader of the game of the day, uh, Blues entered this game 30, 10, and 8. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche entered this game 26, 15, and 6. Uh, tonight's game will be the Blues' last game before the All-Star break where they'll resume uh, playing on the 27th versus the Canucks. I believe it's also in Vancouver. Um, and as I'm looking that up, to verify that information, Carl Gunnarsson makes his return to the lineup after missing 15 games uh, with an upper body injury. And it is confirmed also that the uh, Blues will be playing in Vancouver. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche have one more game uh, before the All-Star break. Um, right? One more game? Make sure. Double, double, double checking. Yep, they only have one more game after this game. It's on Monday the 20th on Martin Luther King Day um, against the Red Wings in Denver. Uh, and also today, happy birthday to Blues defenseman and captain Alex Petrangelo uh, as he turns 30 years old today. Um, oh, captain, my captain. Um, and side note, before we even get into the game, uh, I know in a couple, like two or three episodes ago, along with other another episode of the of the YouTube channel, um, I mentioned that people who have Dish uh, still don't have access to Fox Sports uh, regional um, channels to watch their respective teams, as well as uh, Altitude Sports not having uh, coverage on Comcast and Dish um, on the boards, uh, on the boards, on the ice. They uh, have uh, an advertisement on there saying that Comcast needs to, uh, you know, put the fans first and allow them to play the the games and put Altitude Sports back on their broadcasting, um, which I agree. Um, Still kind of... Uh, ridiculous that in this time and age, you know, when other, you know, um, other cable providers don't have a problem with, uh, the terms that they, uh, have asked for to get the broadcasting on their respective services, um, while, uh, Dish and Comcast are being holdouts. So, uh, get your shit together, Dish and Comcast, and, uh, I have a bone to pick with Comcast. Um, because their subsidiary Xfinity, uh, is my cable, pro- uh, my uh, internet provider, and like throughout this game, I had to back out of my my uh my game because my internet would freeze, and then I had to go back into the game like three or four times and miss key uh plays in this game, uh, which I'm another reason why I'm uh can't wait to move back home so then I can get uh internet that's actually worth a damn. Uh, but, you know, that's first world problems. But, you know, it is what it is. 
First period in the game, it was a good even start between the two teams early on. The Blues were defending pretty well against Nathan McKinnon, and the Avalanche were making some pretty good entries. And as I typed that the Blues were defending Nathan McKinnon well early on, Nathan McKinnon scores at 341 with Sam Gerrard and um, Miko Rantanen getting the assist to make it one nothing Avalanche. And then Ryan O'Reilly... Uh, Shortly thereafter, nearly ties it uh, with a sweet cross-crease pass by Perron, but he shoots it too high, uh, about 13-30 or running at that point. And regardless of the score at this point in the game, uh, and even for the majority, I'd say 95% of the game, uh, it was a pretty good back-and-forth game. It was a pretty entertaining game. Um, it's just that the ending just kind of was kind of bitter to me. Uh, Justin Falk nearly scores in the blue line. Uh, but it hits the goal post, uh, and the Avalanche were defending the middle of their zone really well. Couldn't, uh, wouldn't allow the Blues anything in the middle of the zone, uh, and pushing them toward the boards. Um, and throughout this game, Philip Grubauer was a rock when he had, absolutely had to uh, for the Avalanche. Um, and the Blues were starting to turn up the pressure with about eight minutes left in the in the uh, first period, uh, in the Avalanche's defensive zone, and then. Uh, Nazem Kadri uh, hooks Jaden Schwartz at 16:54 to send the Blues in their first power play of the game, and uh, David Perron ties the game with the Blues' only power play goal of the game at 18:04 with a rocket of a shot with Ryan O'Reilly and Jaden Schwartz getting the assist to tie her up 1-1, and then your first period shots 5-4 in favor of the St. Louis Blues. Second period. Uh, minute six into the second period, Oscar Sundquist gets the Blues to go-ahead goal with Ryan O'Reilly and Zach Sanford getting the assist. And all thanks to a pickpocket uh, of uh, Nathan McKinnon along the boards uh, from Ryan O'Reilly and Oscar Sundquist to get that wondrous goal uh, to happen. And the Blues nearly get another uh, another goal just seconds later, but uh, Philip Grubauer uh, makes a save. Uh, Kale McCarr slashes Zach Sanford at 341 to give the Blues another power play opportunity, but they don't score on it. And then uh, a whistle goes, and then JT Comfort decides to hit uh, Alex Petrangelo uh, late after the whistle, and it starts to get a little bit chippy, but nothing comes out of it other than a little bit of, uh, you know, chirps back and forth, you know, jabs, uh, no penalties. And then Jaden Schwartz hooks uh, Max Calvert. Uh, or Matt Calvert, or Max Calvert, I don't, I don't Calvert, whatever, um, at 450, um, sending the uh, avalanche on the power play, but they don't score on it. Uh, Tyson Yost uh, ties the game off a rebound uh, at 748 with uh, Andre Barakowski and Ian Cole getting the assist. Uh, David Perron interferes with Ryan Graves at 913. And uh, the Let's Go Blues chants start in Colorado because there's a shit ton of Blues fans and uh, in the attendance today and I guess all around Colorado that uh, I have to say that out of all of the uh, arenas in the NHL uh, that the Blues travel well to, uh, I mean, obviously other than the Enterprise Center because that's our home uh, arena, uh, the uh, Pepsi Center by far is their, uh, their it's like their second home uh, seems to be. Um, I don't know why, um, but, uh, that's, it is what it is. But I guess in this region of the country, like around the Rocky mountains for whatever hell reason, uh, there's a, a shit ton of Missourians. 
Like even when I go to Albuquerque, I know it's not there's not an NHL team there, but every time I travel to Albuquerque, I see no more no less than at least 12 people from Missouri that's not a uh, semi trailer. Like just actual just regular old people driving the regular old cars. I don't know what's with Missourians wanting to be around here, but hey, whatever. Uh more power to you. Uh back on track here. Uh David Perron uh, proves why he's an all-star uh, candidate. Oh, he's not a candidate because he's in the all. Uh, he's going to be in the all-star game. Uh, he's he's proved his worth for sure. Uh, he was had an absolute game today, and uh, it's, it's a service that even though um, the Blues aren't really go on top this one. Spoiler alert: um, David Perron should have definitely been a uh, one of the three stars of the game for sure. And Nikita Zadorov roughs Ryan Arelli at 13-24 to send the Blues on the power play again, but they don't score on it. And then uh, Kel McCarr gets a shot off so fast, you could only see it come out of the net uh, to give the Avalanche the lead once again. 3-2 the lead. Um, right? 3-2? 3-2? Yeah, 3-2. Um, with 16-26... Um, and did, was it unassisted? Because I know at the time it was unassisted. Uh, and it was still unassisted. So, and Yost got that unassisted. Congrats to him. Oh, Makar got that unassisted. My bad. Uh, and then uh, Andre Perkowski nets one off the face off at 1648. About like a couple seconds in. Uh, after that Makar goal with Kel Makar and Ian Cole getting the assist to make it 4-2. Um, Avalanche. And then Jordan Bennington, shortly after that, gets pulled, and uh, Jake Allen replaces him with 3:12 left in the second period. Uh, and then the Avalanche have four goals and 11 shots in net, which is absolutely insane. And honestly, I was surprised. I mean, love Benny. I'm starting to get some. Uh, I'm starting to, you know, like what uh, Allen's been doing. And I'm actually sort of surprised that they didn't start Allen out the get-go. But, you know, uh, especially since this was this was their last game before the All-Star break, I don't know why you just wouldn't put Allen in net, especially since his play on the road has been absolutely stellar. But whatever. Um, which Allen, you know, pr- played really well. And uh, who knows what this game would have been had Allen been in net. Um and then the Avalanche, Jaden Schwartz hooks uh, Sam Gerrard to 18.07. Um, but they don't score on that power play. Uh, Andre Burkowski sells the high stick, and uh, Ivan Barbashev goes to the box at 19 minutes flat. But they don't score on that one either. Shots 11.7 in favor of the St. Louis Blues. Third period, Nikita Zadorov holds uh, Ivan Barbashev at 4.33. The Blues don't score on that. Uh, but Alex Petrangelo, the birthday boy himself, brings the Blues within one at 723. Uh, the Mickey um, 4-3 Avalanche with David Perron and Zach Sanford getting the assist. And the refs missing absolute blatant holding call, uh, which would have been on Sam Gerard had they called it. Um, and he was holding on. Braden Shen had his uh, had like a Fist full of his uh, 
jersey, but whatever. Put your whistles away. I don't whatever. Um, and the I was really hoping the Blues were going to pull the goalie at that point, but hell, why not? Why piss? Why not piss me off? Uh, they pulled the goalie with about um two minutes less than two minutes left. Uh, three seconds after I typed, don't pull the damn goalie. Um, and they pulled the goalie. And in 1958, uh, Landis uh, Nets the empty netter, uh, the final nail on the Blues coffin, uh, with, uh, Pierre Edward Belmar and Nathan McKinnon getting the assist to make it 5-3 Avalanche. Shots 8-8 even. Total shots of the game, 24-19 in favor of St. Louis Blues. The Blues power play went 1-4. for four. Uh, Penalty kill went 4-4. Four for four. Avalanche power play went 0-4. for four. PK went 3-4. for four. Your final score of the game, 5-3 in favor of the Colorado Avalanche. Your three stars of the game. Uh, I'm going to enter an honorable mention to David Perron, but uh, third star going to Kale McCarr, second star going to Philip Grubauer, even though you let in three goals, whatever. Uh, and Andre Burkowski is your first star of the game. And tonight's loss is the Blues' first in the regulation in seven games. Not a bad feat. Um, honestly, can't be mad uh, as long as they learn from it. That's all that matters to me. And as long as they make the playoffs, it's what matters to me because you can't win the cup unless you're in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, so uh, that's that. Um but yeah, especially how well Allen played, even though he only got sh- six shots on, uh, he didn't let any in. Um, and like I said, I was surprised, especially since this was their last game before the All-Star break, that they didn't start Jake Allen out the get-go. But for whatever reason, they decided that putting Benny in was the better option. So, um Obviously, that wasn't the right decision um, with the ending of this game. It was still pretty close. Um, the empty netter was just kind of like a rough rough thing to see. But you know what? To lear- uh, you learn from losses. So, um, you know, you you honestly win. You, o- you honestly l- uh, learn more from losses than you do from wins. So, uh, I'll, take, I'll take the lesson. I'll I'll just take the lesson, uh, get them a little bit more of a you know push, but as long as they don't you know lose out in the first, get swept out in the first round, and they they won the cup again, that's all that matters to me. They still they still lead the Avalanche in the Central by eight still, and they're currently still the third overall in the. Uh, the league tied with uh, Boston and points, so uh, I can't complain. Because if you know if you're complaining, then you know just don't just don't complain. <laughs> you're not gonna win every game, and you honestly, realistically, you don't want to. You don't you don't want them to win every game. You don't want them to win every game, and honestly, it was, it's better that they lost this way instead of the last time they versed them, which was seven to three. Which was absolutely fucking embarrassing, but um, I digress. But anyway, um, that's the end of this portion of um, games of the night. Um, without further ado, 
do uh, Vegas Golden Knights versus the Montreal Canadiens. All right, everybody. So diving in to Vegas versus the Canadiens. Um, I'm going to go ahead and preface this. Uh, by st- standing with my statement that I've said in the past two video, uh, not videos, I'm still in video mode. I don't know why I'm in video mode because I haven't done a video in a while. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying, standing with my statement that I've done in the past two podcasts, all right, <laughs> that this team, the Vegas Golden Knights, need help defensively. Now I'm not gonna go anymore. I'm not gonna divulge anymore into the whole why I feel that Gerard Gallant was wronged in this firing, because I have two other times on this podcast where I say that I'm not. I don't need to expend any more energy on it. All right, I'm gonna move on about it. All right, but this team needs help defensively. This team. Could also use maybe a, a uh, another backup goaltender, because I I honestly don't feel that Malcolm Subban fits the bill, and the way that Malcolm Subban plays makes uh, Mark Andre Fleury have to play a lot lo- more than he has to that he should be playing in the season. But this team needs help defensively, and this game by far shows just how bad it needs defense. Now, offensively, they're fine. Maybe you get a defensive, you know, a defenseman that's, you know, an offensive defenseman that can also defend but also get goals. And on and you get a two-for-one deal, basically. Or you get a defenseman, and then maybe if you really need it, maybe like a bottom six forward that can, you know, get some scoring and then make the bottom six, you know, a lot more potent. Kind of like a St. Louis Blues where, you know, when the top lines aren't rolling, you have your bottom six to, to bail you out, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I was going to preface this with that statement there. Anyway, the Golden Knights entering this game have a record of 29-19 and 6, 25-19 and 6. The Canadiens have a record of 21-21 and 7. Uh first period, uh there's a lot of back and forth going on in uh the like the first 5 minutes. Uh but that shortly uh ends as uh Nick Cousins uh, gets the uh Canadiens on the board early at 5:51 with Dale Weiss getting the lone assist. And um, Nick Haig was also in the crease, and he had the opportunity to save that goal, but uh, he whiffed it uh, on the first chance of him trying to uh, get the puck bef- uh, away from the, the crease before it crossed the line. And he uh, got it after it went in, but uh, it was too little too late for there. So it was Canadiens, one nothing. Um, and then William Carrier uh, hooks uh, Marco Scandella at 6:23, sending the Canadians on the power play. Uh, they don't score on that. Um, but at 12:33, Ilya Kovalchuk, as uh, ever since the the signing of him to the Canadians, has been absolutely stellar so far. 
Um, he gets the uh, Canadians a 2-0 lead at 12-33 with uh, Philip Deneau getting the lone assist on that. And once again, I said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it until they fix their damn problem. The Vegas Golden Knights have a defense problem, and these two goals for sure reflect that. Um, and then uh, just Barry Kokanyemi uh, holds um, Cody Eakin at 15-14 to give the uh, Golden Knights their first power play of the game. Um, but they don't score on that. But at 18.05, Brett Kulak gives the uh, Canadians a 3-0 lead uh, with Max Domi getting the lone assist on that, uh, which then I preface, I, I don't preface it because it's uh, not at, not before when I say it, but uh, it, the uh, Golden Knights need to wake the hell up. Uh, shots 9-8. Yeah. Um, first period, shots 9-8 in favor of the Canadians. Second period, uh, not really eventful. Um, Jonathan Marchessault brings the Golden Knights within two at 9.09. Well, I guess it's not really, well, it is kind of eventful, but at least like in the listings, in my notes, it doesn't seem eventful. But, uh, Jonathan Marchessault brings the Golden Knights within two at 9.09 with, uh, Riley Smith and Shea Theodore getting the assist. Um, and then Paul Sassny at 1448 unassisted goal, uh, brings the Golden Knights within one, uh, to make it three, two Canadians. And then, uh, Mark Andre Fleury makes a pretty good, uh, huge save. And then, um, there was a rebound attempt, uh, a, re- a rebound right in front and, uh, Braden McNam clears that out. Uh, and nothing comes out of that. Second period, other than uh, 11-6 is the shot count in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights. Third period, um, statistic, uh, Vegas is 3-17-1 when trailing after two. Uh, Nick Cousins uh, scores a, uh, a goal to give the Canadians the uh, two-goal lead again at 9-40 with Dale Lease getting the lone assist. Uh, the second time of the night. And then uh, Shea Weber gets the delay of game penalty at 12-15, um, which the Golden Knights don't score on that power play. And as I'm recording this, with about a minute 30 and ongoing to go in the third period, uh, they currently have pulled uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. And uh, Max Pacioretty is uh, in, in uh, Montreal. Uh, has um, given the or brought the Knights back within one uh, once again in this game. Eighteen oh two is the time of that goal with Shea Theodore getting a lone assist, and uh, they, as I said, they have the empty net. It's less than one minute left to go in the uh, the period. Um, will I mean they? Will they let up a uh, empty net and pull the St. Louis Blues and give up an empty net goal? Who knows? Um, but in the meantime, while we wait for the end of this game to go, um, even if it ends at this at this time, they are calling a timeout. But um, I'll once again mention the uh, the defensive uh, woes of this team because uh, throughout the entire season. The uh, Golden Knights' uh, depth core for defense has been tested, and it's not been gr- not been great. Um, 
especially after parting uh, the parting of uh, Colin Miller to Buffalo. Um, now, it could have been because, you know, he doesn't work well with Gerard Gallant, all that. I mean, possibly, but now he's gone, and now he can't really use that excuse anymore. And, I mean, we still have plenty of season left. This is game 51 of the Golden Knights of season. So they have about 31 games left in the season. Um, and as of right now, uh, presuming that they lose, yeah, they will be uh, second in the wild card spot. Uh, second wild card in the West. If they somehow pull a victory out of their ass, they'll automatically skyrocket the first in the Pacific. Uh, that t- tells you just how um, close um, and how much of a dogfight the Pacific Division is. Uh, because uh, this is wild. Okay, so Pacific Division, the first, second, and third place teams all have 57 points. So there, it's a three-way tie for first. Um even though Edmonton has two games in hand on Arizona, Calgary has one in uh, one game in hand on Arizona. Uh, Vancouver uh, and Vegas are tied uh, for first, technically first in the wild card spot. Uh, Vancouver has two games in hand on Vegas. That's why they have the first wild card spot. Uh, they're tied with fifty six points, uh, and Vegas just tied the game uh, with seven seconds left. <laughs> and uh, Carey Price is pissed. <laughs> So, hey, yeah, that's great. Uh, it's great to hear. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pause this uh, recording, and uh, I'll let you know what else happens. All right, everybody. So, um, I mean, I haven't really paused it for too much. Um, so, Riley Smith scored that tying goal uh, in 1952 via tip-in uh, with Shea Theodore getting the lone assist on that one to make it 4-4. Uh, a piece. Um, it's currently uh, it was the uh, coach of the Canadians uh, challenged for offside, but luckily, um, because Riley Smith and all of them had the uh, had possession of the puck and control of the puck in the zone, uh, it was deemed a good goal. So, uh, so the that goal goes to Riley Smith. Uh, Paul Stassi and Shea Theodore to tie the game for a four in the third period. Um, shots in the third period, 14-11 in favor of the Golden Knights, which then this goes into overtime, uh, which I'm currently filming as it happens. So um, you'll uh, won't get, you know, secondhand notes uh, like, you know, I, I normally do. I'll just watch the uh, the game and uh, take the notes and then uh, relay those notes in the podcast form, which you are listening to now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I got four, <laughs> I currently have like four minutes, four or five left in the OT to fill some time. So, um, yeah, this be fun. A lot of, a lot of possession by the, the Canadians, you know, I'm just doing a little dipsy doodle is what, uh, Darren Pang would say. Um, uh, getting in, to the zone along the boards, seeing if they can get something going. And uh, Margaret Andre Fleury makes a really good save on uh, Max Domi. So that's uh, good.
I know this might be awful, but you know, there's this option that you guys have. It's called fast forwarding. If if uh, this is not uh, well for you, but if it's something that's comical to you, you know, go ahead and just keep on listening. Or if it's if you're just like zoning out, like how I normally do when I listen to podcasts from time to time, just zone out. And this is your zoning out time. Well, you know, it's all right. You no, know, because <laughs> it's not really that exciting right now. Um, I really need to get guests on the sh- on the uh, channel, which uh, I'm currently working on one right now. Um, just a uh, colleague of mine that uh, is a San Jose Sharks fan, which I have uh, on record um, on saying that I absolutely hate the San Jose Sharks and then, uh, just shoot some shit with uh with him about uh hockey if we can get him on the the pod before I uh move cuz I uh I, I'm not really keen on uh doing remote interviews with people. I'd rather just do them in person cuz also it you know um for the you know face to face it's a lot better than uh kind of like over the phone or over like Skype or anything like that. Uh, at least that's how I feel about it. Um, we have about three minutes left in overtime. Uh, Vegas hasn't really had the puck too much, if any. Um, in this overtime, it's all Montreal for the most part. Um, which, if if that to speak anything, uh, I would imagine that uh, if somehow Montreal, you know, turns over the puck, that uh. Vegas, you know, tries to get a, a breakaway going and try to uh, catch uh, Carey Price sleeping. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury makes another great save. And then uh, Vegas literally had the puck for like two or three seconds and then they uh, couldn't get anything going. 2.25 left in the uh, overtime. And thankfully that was not a penalty. Uh, and then Nate Schmidt tries to pass to uh, Marcia So. What a save by Flurry right there. Grabbing the puck, trying to keep the puck right behind him. Clean up his five hole there. Uh, Shea Theodore getting uh, deep into the uh, Canadians' zone. Uh, no one home. And that was kind of a waste of attempt. Mark Stone go and retrieve it. As we have 140 left in the overtime. Boy, Shea Theodore having possession. Going to Stone. Dropping the pass. I am definitely not a play-by-play guy. And then uh, Paul Stastny gets hit in the face. And then he's down the corner. And the... Uh, Canadians of zone and he's he's unhappy and he's bleeding. Oh yeah, he took he took the the puck right into the like straight into the face uh by Armia. Like right in the chops. Right in the chops right there. And he and he's just like raining blood on the ice right now. Yeah. Yeah, his his freshly new chicklets that he just got when he got to uh, Vegas. He's probably just lost those. So, uh, so yeah. Hope he's all right. I mean, I imagine he's all right, but hopefully he's all right. You know. 
because he just takes a puck straight to the chops right there. A lot of downtime. This is it is as unedited as it gets, guys. And like I said, there's a little button on your radio or your phone that you're listening to this on. Uh it's a little thing called a fast forward button. Uh if this portion is not for you. But if you know you're like me and you just like to just press play and just let it ride, man. Just let it ride. Just let it ride. It's all right. It's fine. We got about a minute 24 left in the overtime, you know, presuming that it just stays in the overtime, doesn't go to shootout. But who knows? You never know. But uh, it's worth noting that uh, now since Vegas got the extra point, they uh, currently, uh, along with the other three in the top three in the Pacific, are in a four-way tie for first, second, and third. So they got that going for them. All they need is the extra point, and they'll skyrocket from second in the second wild, well, technically the first wild card now, to uh, first place in the Pacific. So, uh, yeah, they got that going for them. And it's uh, one minute left. Less one minute left on the overtime. Cook uh, and Yemi goes in the breakaway. And what a ma- magnificent save by Mark Andre Fleury. Just absolutely st- sprawling. And then uh, Shea Theodore got a really good shot on, but it went just wide above uh, Carey Price there. And then Kokanyemi just uh, get another thing going, a good run going, but he circles around in the uh, neutral zone. And then Philip Deneau circling around, circling around, circling around. And Flurry keeps it going. Keeps him in. Two, one. And we are going to a shootout, ladies and gentlemen. Woot woot. So um shots in that overtime were six to one in favor of the Canadians. And currently shots. Cause I wanna say that. Shootout shots don't count, so if that's the case, then uh, just to uh, get to the rest of the intangibles, uh, shots in this game, 35 of 32, well, oh, just to uh, correct myself, it was 7 to 1 shots in favor of the Canadians in that overtime. Uh, total shots of the game, 35 of 32 in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, power play went 0 for 2, uh, was 0 for 2 for the Vegas Golden Knights, 2 for 2 on the penalty kill. Uh, Canadians went 0 for 1 on the power play, 1 for, uh, well, 2 for 2 on the penalty kill. Um, yeah. Uh, face-offs, they weren't too far off with each other. Um, it was pretty even across the board. Um, other than the hits department, because Vegas, you know, didn't have a lot of possession, even though they had more shots on gold than them. Uh, but not by much because they bought that back in the overtime. But uh, hits 41 in favor, first 22 um, against the Canadians. Uh, and then 
Canadians were blocking more shots, 21 and 9. Um But yeah. Um So now we wait for the first shooter to come on. Uh Mark Andre Fleury as as a 6.25% uh rate in shootouts this season uh as they have just put on the screen right now. He's only a lot Allotted three goals versus eight shots faced on the season. I'd imagine they put the same for uh, Carey Price when he gets up, but if not, you know, whatever. Uh, and then Ilya Kovalchuk uh, is first up, and he uh, goes a little wide, and he scores. So, um... Not looking good right now. Uh, got him in his five hole. I close that shit up, man. As we are currently 52 minutes in. So, uh, hey, we might get an hour. We, we might crank an hour out of this, guys. We might crank an hour out. And then uh, Jonathan Marceau uh, is up for Vegas. And he scores as well. So, it's tied. 1-1 in the shootout. And they did not put the stats for Carey Price up on the uh, the board. So, uh, I guess fuck me, right? Um, yeah. And now we wait. Nick Cousins is up for uh, the Canadiens. And a save by Marc-Andre Fleury. But... Um, as we look and, and just, just, uh, the cover of the, uh, downtime between, uh, them deciding who's going to shoot and shit. Um, if anyone ever saw the, the shootout where, um, Brad Marchand absolutely mit, like whiffed the, uh, the puck when he went to go try to do the shootout, that was absolutely funny. It was super funny. And it's even funnier that he went on Twitter when everyone just kept giving him shit. And then he's like, you know, trying to chirp back and shit. But yeah, Shea Theodore uh, shot second for the Vegas Golden Knights and he missed. And Joel Armia just whiffed it. He just whiffed that puck. He didn't even get it. Like, he was right in the front of the crease. And then he just absolutely was like, all right, I'm dirty dangles, dirty dangles, boys, dirty dangles. And he fucking whiffs it. Whiffs it. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Alex Tuck is up third for the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, a save by Carey Price. Oh God! That would have been so funny <laughs> if it ended with Tuck scoring after Joel and me had just whiffed that. Oh my God! That was awful. Oh God! All right, and Thomas Tatars, number four, for the Canadiens, and he scores. Thomas Tatars scores for the Canadiens. So all Vegas has to do is miss, and and, uh, the Canadiens win in the shootout. But we will see who has, uh, who's coming up. Uh, it is Riley Smith, and he misses. So the Canadians win the game 5-4 in the shootout. 
Um, and just to recap, Kovalchuk scores, Marshall So scores, Cousins, Theodore, Armia, Tuck, all miss or get a save against them. And then Thomas Tatar wins it for the Canadiens. Um, after after Riley Smith misses, so uh, yeah, five four in favor of the Canadiens. Uh, they have not put out three stars of the game. Um, but honestly, it doesn't really matter in this game. Um, just if there's any takeaway in this game is that. Yeah, it's going to take a while because it's a shootout, so it's going to take a while for them to create that. Um, but, yeah, they uh, if there's any takeaways from this game as we uh, cross the 56-minute oh, mark here, almost 57-minute mark at this point, um, Vegas definitely needs to work on their defense need to get something going for their defense um cuz that was their that, that's their weak point right now cuz obviously scoring came through to bail them out but when it's all said and done they need scoring uh, they they need the defense they don't have the defense right now and currently now they are in a four-way tie for first in the. Uh, they're in a four-way tie for first in the Pacific. Uh, has Edmonton beat Arizona? Calgary is inactive today. Um, Vancouver. Vancouver plays Sharks today. So if the Sharks win. Uh, then the Canucks stay in the same, but if the Canucks win, then they will skyrocket to first in the Pacific. So the Pacific is in an absolute dogfight right now. Um, now, am I worried that Vegas is going to, you know, miss the playoffs for the first time in franchise history? Not necessarily, but I mean, the margin for error is very slim because of how close everyone is. Because everyone's within one or two points in this division from each other. So yeah, I mean maybe I I mean I'm not necessarily worried. They just need to if they just plug up and just get some more structure in their defensive game, they would mop the floor with this this division. Because they've got scoring, they've got the starting goaltending, their backup goaltenders shaky as best and their defense I will reiterate Time in and time out until they fix it is shaky. It's absolutely shaky. It's not reliable. You can only rely on a guy like, uh, like honestly, the only big guy on their defense right now is Schmidt. Um, and Schmidt's got that speed. Um, McNabb's, you know, pretty decent, uh, to say the least, you know, um, big physical guy uh hey hey you know he's got his moments um but other than that i mean i mean who else you have who else do you really have i mean i just i just hope that they they know they they figure out that that's their weakness and they fix it 
and I don't mean to drag this out any more than that, but you know, it's it's gotta be said. They, I mean, at the very least, unlike the Blues today, they actually got a point out of their game, but still, they need to fix their uh, their shit. And uh, they just updated the standings, which apparently, due to the fact that Vegas has more um, regulation plus overtime wins over Arizona, uh, they have now gotten to third place in the Pacific as Arizona dropped from third to the first wildcard spot. But regardless, in points, they're all tied for first first in the Pacific. But yeah... Um, We've officially crossed the hour mark. Um, I know there's a lot of filler in there. I apologize. I will not edit that out because, because uh, you know, authenticity. Um, but it's it's not really that. It's it's mainly because I'm just too lazy to go do that. But, um, but it's but it's fine. It's early on. Um, and if it was comical, great. If it wasn't, you know, you know. It wasn't your cup of tea, and if you uh, utilize that little fast forward button at that portion, uh, at that point, at that point, um, good for you. You uh, you were smart, and you did that. And if you uh, just let it ride, you know it's fine. I'm not calling you dumb. That's just what you do. Because I I would do that. I would just let it ride and whatever. Uh, just let it play. Uh, but yeah. Um, so I don't take up any more of you guys' precious time. Because time is precious. Time is money. Um. Rate and subscribe uh, on your uh, whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcast, which is the only ones that are currently uh, housing this beautiful, wonderful podcast you are listening to right now. Um, yeah, give it a rate. Give it a, uh, a subscribe. Um, and I'll catch you tomorrow. Uh, with episode 11 where I break down Bruins and Penguins as well as other news that may happen. And that one will most certainly be way shorter than this uh, episode for sure. But yeah, uh, thank you all for listening and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you very much.